0: friends, grace, and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago when I was uh, over with the Presbyterians, we did a pulpit exchange a couple Sundays ago, uh, and one of the people who was helping to lead worship came up to me before church and he said, hey pastor, you know what they say about Presbyterians? I said, no, I have no idea. Not much. (laughs) I gave him a sort of good-natured chuckle and that was encouraging to him and so he told me another joke he said how many presbyterians does it take to change a light bulb change yeah he's like or you can tell it differently if they don't laugh hard enough he said or you can say it takes one person to change the light bulb and then 12 presbyterians to form a committee to meet in the parking lot afterwards and talk about how much they liked it better the first way I laughed because I had heard those jokes before, except when I heard them, they were about Lutherans, not Presbyterians, which means apparently we have a lot more in common than we thought. Indeed, it doesn't really matter what religious tradition you're talking about, whether it's Presbyterians or Lutherans or Catholics or the Orthodox. Pretty much all of them seem a little traditional, right? A little averse to change, a little kind of stuck. In their ways. And and there are many very good historical and theological reasons for that. But nevertheless, we live in such a change-obsessed, fast-paced culture that when folks hear or see that kind of sort of traditional ritual, often what they think of is boring, right? Boring. And nobody likes to be bored. Not long ago, I was out in Denver for a conference and I was listening to a speaker named Craig Barnes and Craig Barnes was talking about how to nurture the heart and soul of a preacher and how to avoid certain toxins that plague the preacher's heart. And one of those is boredom. He said, be careful about boredom. But then he very quickly followed up and said, and remember that repetition is not necessarily boring. He said, after all, from the very furthest expanses of space, all the moons and stars and planets, down to the very tiniest elemental particles of life, they are constantly spinning around and around and around, repeating, 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 doing the same thing over and over and over again. And if they decided one day that it was boring... The sun would not rise, and life would cease to be. There is holiness in the repeating of things. Find again that holiness, and don't get bored. And I I, really resonated with me, because there are, in this job, as in all of the jobs that we have, all of the various vocations that we have, whether it's parenting or, or nursing or whatever... There are things we do over and over and over and over again. And we have the opportunity and the challenge of finding the joy, the holiness, the life in the heart of that. Remember these words that I am teaching you this day, commanding you this day. Write them on your hearts and recite them to your children. Recite them. Repeat them over and over and over again. When you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise, recite, recite, repeat, repeat. sounds boring. I mean, especially since the words that Moses is talking about here are the Ten Commandments, right? I mean, good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like the Ten Commandments. I'm not very good at keeping them, but they're cool. But, you know... In my house, I'm not sure if I called the kids over to sit on my lap for story time and we just started to recite the Ten Commandments, if they would be quite as excited as, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine. So, why? Why this dry, dusty list of rules, mostly common sense? I mean, of course, don't kill anybody, even though apparently we really like to. Why? Why? Well, it's because if you think these are just dry and dusty rules, you have missed something crucial about what's going on here. A whole year ago, we read the Ten Commandments in worship about this same time of the year. And I I taught you then and and, and reminded you then uh, that the most important thing you must understand about the Ten Commandments or else nothing else matters. And I taught you some sign language to remember that. And I told you there would be a pop quiz. I didn't tell you it would be a whole year later. (laughs) But I know you've been practicing, right? So who can show me? What is the first commandment? It goes like this. Repeat after me. I am the Lord, your God. Who? Who? Brought you out of Egypt. That's the story. That's the story. We are commanded to recite, repeat, recite, repeat with our children. Everywhere we go. I am the Lord your God. Come on, people. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt. And pay attention to the pronoun. My mother was an English teacher. I always pay attention to pronouns. It does not say, I am the Lord your God who brought them out of Egypt. It's you. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. As Moses just said, It was not with our ancestors that God made this covenant, that God made this promise, but it was with us, those who are alive this day. Each and every generation, every child that is born and claimed by this promise, God renews the covenant. God says to you and to your children and to your great-grandchildren's great-grandchildren, I am the Lord your God who brought you Of Egypt? You. Now, where is Egypt? It's a little country in northeast Africa, right? Wrong. Egypt is wherever you are enslaved. And if you don't think you're enslaved, you aren't paying attention. Talking to a friend this last week. He said, I'm not sure who said it first, but it's so good it bears repeating. He said, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure that anywhere you are, you are in Egypt. Anywhere you are, you are in Egypt. For this world has so many ways of making us slaves. We have so many ways of making ourselves and others slaves. And who is this God who commands us to teach these commandments to our children to recite and repeat and recite and repeat everywhere we go at night and in the morning. The God who never ceases to come to you wherever you are, wherever your Egypt is, whatever slavery you find yourself in, this God never ceases to come and find you and bring you home. Because I, the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt. This is what we repeat and rehearse every week. Week after week after week after week in that water and at this table and in these words we share with one another, we remember and we recite that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. We wash, we eat, we repeat. We wash. We eat. We repeat. And if you ever find yourself totally free and unencumbered by any slavery, you can stay home. But the rest of us, the rest of us need this word written on our hearts and inscribed on our foreheads. And this is what your God is bringing you yet again this day coming to you in Egypt to bring you home. You see, there are some things that never, ever change. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.